0: we're blessed to have the mills with us um it's been a it's been a, a good day i would never heard the uh or seen the uh, the chinese characters and the and the uh and the meanings of those word uh, the makeup of the word and man, what a blessing that was uh, to see how god was working even in the the production of language uh to to set forth the uh the message of the word of god and uh, and so what a blessing that was, and uh, I appreciate that. We're we'll looking forward to, uh, to, to having him this afternoon and, and just what he's going to share with us. And, uh, and so without further ado, brother, come, sh- come share with us what the Lord has for us. Amen, brother. Amen. It's good to be back. It's hard to believe it was like 20 years ago was the last time we was here. But we've been kind of stuck in China, I guess you'd say. We don't get a chance to come home often, but uh, I'm sorry, I need to take that back. We did come home often to do our, our summer recruitment for our, our teams, but we was never in the States you know, much longer than a month or so. So we stayed in contact with the church, but it was usually when we were here it was not a, a time for the church to have an opening. But again, we've been in China for 28 years now, and because of churches like this being faithful to uh, send the gospel out. You know, remember, you might not be in China, but you are in China. Your handprint is all over China, and the other missionaries you support, your handprint is around the world. Uh, don't underestimate that. Uh, without you know the prayers of churches, without the prayers of God's saints, and without your faithfulness, we can't be faithful to the work there. So you're very much part of the work. And uh, when you get to heaven one day, you're going to have a lot of people kind of walk up to you that you've never met before, never seen before, and they're going to look at you and you say, thank you for caring. And just imagine what a day it's going to be when we get to heaven and people from all different sorts of nations come up to you and say, thank you. And then you're going to realize, man, it's worth it all. It was worth it all. And, then, and then, then some of us will realize, well, maybe why didn't I do more? And then we'll start realizing that maybe our lifestyle of what we did here we was too concerned about things here, when we could have been more concerned about things around the world. And uh, I'm kind of looking at my outline. I've really got two that I usually preach, and I'm trying to figure out, do I want to preach this one? It's not that, uh, they're both from kind of mission-related. Now, you've got that sometimes, Pastor, you, you feel comfortable, all three, you don't know which one to preach. <laughs> but this morning, you know, doing the, China, doing the Chinese characters, did y'all enjoy that? That's different, ain't it? But you know what? I preach that, you know, usually when I first return to church, and I, and I, it's the same five characters, but the, the message never comes out the same. Uh, some churches I concentrate more on the first one, or some churches maybe the second, some the third, some the fourth, some the last. God knows what each church needs to hear, and some of it's kind of evenly distributed, but it really, it never comes out the same. You could hear me preach that uh, again at another church next week, and I promise you it will not be the same. It will be the same characters, but the message regarding those characters will usually, God's allowed me to, whatever needs to be said, to fit the church where I'm at. So it never comes out exactly the same. It's not just something I've got memorized, and I just give it, and it's the same every time I go somewhere. But, um, but it's been a blessing to be able to show churches that. And do remember what I said this morning. You know, when the Chinese people kind of see it in their own language and realize, hey, this is something we had. We lost it. We lost it. See, I don't have to convince them that their government's lied to them. I don't have to convince them that, you know, everything they've learned in books has been wrong. Because their fathers, their ancestors left a roadmap. And what I showed you this morning is just a tip of the iceberg. There's many more. And as they go through and look at these things, and this is what one of my preachers have said in China, he said, you know what, Mr. Mills? We should be the ones telling the world about Jesus. I just think, what if China had, you know, stayed true to their knowledge of the time, you know, telling what could have, how the world could have been different. But they lost the truth. And again, we know history. History repeats itself. And and America's slowly doing the same thing. It's not that we don't know the truth. It's not that America doesn't know what's right. America knows what's right, but they refuse to do what's right. It's a choice. And as things happen in America, it's going to be because people refuse to listen to God. You know, and there's a hardness in America, right? I hate to say it, but there's a hardness. It's not that America don't know what's right and wrong. It's not that America is, you know, kind of lost in la-la land. No, it's just that people got weary and well-doing, their hearts is waxed cold, and they're not willing to stand in the fight. You know, what's a, a lot of times there's some songs we talk about, we call them children's songs. You know, we, we all always have it in baby vacation, Bible school, something like that, but, you know, but really some of these songs are not children's songs. You know, we think about some of the Old Testament stories, and we call them children's stories, like David and Goliath. That's for our children. Folks, that's for you men. That ain't for children. That's for men. When you look at the other the stories that we talk about, and we're going to bring out some of that tonight, these are stories for how young boys can become young men. Young boys today have been sissified, and they're a bunch of girls in some places. They don't know how to be boys, or boys to become men. If you wanted some elderly men, y'all need to show some younger generation how to raise boys to become men. And if we don't do that, we're going to lose a generation to society because they're reversing roles and getting everybody confused about this and that. We've got to have men who know how to be men. And that's at all ages. And if we don't do that, little by little, our society is going to be feminized and everybody's going to have that super soft talk and stuff like that can't raise your voice and everybody's going to get offended I like offending folks and I'm going to do my best to offend you tonight amen if you love the word of God now you won't get offended but you know what if you you got any disagreements with God you'll get offended tonight I promise you that and that's not a good promise is it turn to Acts 15 I think I know which one I'm going to do I got to get warmed up and let God kind of show me some things. And When I got ready to come home, I wanted some different messages on missions. You know, a lot of times we go to the Great Commission, look at the end of Matthew and places like that. There's always hundreds of verses on the Great Commission and what it means to go to missions and stuff. And I said, Lord, there's got to be another way of giving an idea of what missions is. And uh, really, God kind of gave me something. Uh, turn to, uh, also, turn to Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. i give you a little testimony uh, while you churn there. Back in 93, I was a master sergeant in the Alabama Army National Guard. I was on general staff. And I was really, I'd already graduated Bible school. I was preaching in juveniles, jails, and, and uh, prison facilities. I was preaching every time a new facility would open up, they would call our church because our church knew how to work with the facilities and not disrupt you know, what was going on. And I really thought I'd be doing what God would have me to do for a career. You know, get me some military time in, uh, retire, maybe become a full-time chaplain at one of the juvenile facilities. That's really where my heart was. And God was really blessing in the juvenile ministry. This was at the very beginning when even a lot of the juvenile facilities hadn't even been built yet. And they was just being built. So I was at the front end of it. But for whatever reason, God decided to kind of shift from that into China. In '93, anybody remember anything about history? What happened at the end of '92? Gulf War had just ended, and I just made promotion to master certain about that time. And, I, and our pastor was making a, a, a theme for '93, so let's make '93 different. Some of you punch in work and you punch out, and you could be doing much more. Once you make '93 different, so every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, make '93 different. You punch in the work, you punch out. You could be doing much more than what you're doing. So I prayed. I said, that's fine. Lord, if you want me to do something different, I'll do it. But I'm thinking full-time chaplain somewhere. I'm thinking still juvenile. I'm still thinking, you know, something about the prisons. But then our pastor had another announcement. Pray for my upcoming trip to China. He's going to go visit a missionary our church was supporting. Please pray for my upcoming trip to China. So every Sunday, pray for 93, make it different. Pray for my upcoming trip to China. March of '93, we were having our spring Bible conference, and uh, Proverbs 29:18. Let's read that real quick. And, and the Bible says, "Where there's no vision, the people what? Vision 29:18, people what? Perish." I've heard that message preached a hundred different ways by a hundred different preachers, but that conference it touched my heart, and God added China to my heart. Now, at first, when I first started understanding God was calling me, I, I said, "I'm hallucinating." <laughs> There ain't no way God's calling me to China. There's just no way. I'm, I'm preaching in the prisons. I'm preaching in the jails. So Sunday night, when it first started kind of touching me, I said, I'm just imagining something. Monday night, it was even stronger. Tuesday night, it was just oh, saying God was crawling all over me. God was just getting all over me about it. And I said, well, I'll go home tonight and tell my family that God, I think God's calling us to China. As soon as I said that in my mind, I'll go home tonight and tell my family, we'll come back tomorrow night. Dr. Noe kind of leaned on the pulpit and he said, now some of you, you will put off to tomorrow night what you can do tonight. And if you put it off to tomorrow night, you'll put it off again and again and again. Now folks, was that a coincidence? Did God know what I needed to do that night? I looked down at my wife and said, we're going to China. We came up, we surrendered. Five months later, we were in China. And I told the pastor the kind of story at lunch. And, you know, and so, well, there's no vision The people perishing. You know, God had a reason for us to be there at that time. Now, at the front end of it, I didn't understand why. I didn't understand everything until after I got there. A lot of times we won't have everything planned out beforehand, but God plans it out afterwards, not before. I mean, in his mind, it's already planned out. But he gives you what, you know, enough to make your decision at the point of what you need at that time. And then by the time you get there, then he gives you what else you need to know. And uh, But anyway, but well, there's no vision, the people perish. And so as I was looking at ways to relay that to how God works in people's lives, what I did, I've taken the word vision, and I made an acrostic out of it. I take each letter of the word vision, and I've, I've got an idea about missions behind each letter. So we're going to look at a message tonight on where well, there's no vision, the people perish. I want to take the word vision and... Um, and take each letter, and we're we're going to see what God does with it. So turn to Acts 15 now. So my wife and I, we've been in China for 28 years. Eight churches have been started. we got several men pastoring, and they're surviving the COVID epidemic over there, no problem. God's still blessing. A lot of things are changing in China. Uh, We're not sure what's going to happen after we return as far as some of our summer programs, but we are looking to expand in other parts of Asia. I'm looking at North Korea. I've already got some paperwork in for that. And I'm also hoping to do some things in Cambodia, which is our neighbor. So if things go well, and instead of, you know, kind of pulling back, we're going to spread out more. Uh, so look at uh, Acts 15, 14. Now, we're going to take the word vision. And each letter, I'll be giving a thought. So as I do the letter V, you'll, you'll know where I'm at. And when I get to the letter I, S, yes, I, O, N, so each letter will have a thought. So Acts fifteen fourteen, 14, uh, Simeon had declared how, the God, how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. So we're going to, the first letter is going to be the letter V, which uh, says God did at first did what? He visit the Gentiles. And of course, that's got to deal with missions. So, as we talk about the vision and about missions, you've got to talk about visits. So, before we begin, let's pray, let's go to word and prayer. Father, we love you, uh, love you, and thank you for all your goodness and your blessings. And so, I think about the church here and the pastor and the flock here. Just pray your blessing, Lord. And just thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness over the years. Thank you, Lord, for their love for the gospel. Thank you, Lord, for their love for just fellowship and, and being around us. and It's just a blessing to know we've had a church that's been with us now for over 20-plus years and been faithful to get the Word of God out, and and the people in China enjoy the fruits of their labor here. So I pray, Lord, you'd encourage them and help them as they remember their task here in this uh, area here, that they'd not only reach out abroad to countries like China, but they'd reach out to their own neighbors here, and I pray, Lord, you'd just give them a special time of blessing from the Word of God tonight and from the Word of God this morning, and and I pray, Lord, this this year would end on a, a very strong note for them. I know we're getting, still getting past COVID issues right now, a lot of people are worried about this and that. But I pray even for next year that the church will be able to grow more and more. So as we think about the end times, as we're getting closer to the day of the rapture, I pray we'd be found faithful. That we'd be our hearts would be right with God, and we'd know what's right and do what's right and not be distracted by the world. The world's going to do its best to put that tree up before us and get us to stumble. So help us to recognize our trees and how to stay away from it, Father. Lord, again, we just love you. Thank you for your goodness and thank you for this church. For Jesus' sake, amen. All right, Acts 15:40 says, Simeon had declared how God did first uh, at the first he'd visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. So when we think about vision, it's across. It We're going to take that letter V first. You know, God takes time to visit. You know, you've got to realize God knows what's going on here in Maine. God knows what's going on there in China. God's been there. God's there. Anytime God gets ready to send somebody somewhere, he's already been there. And if we'll realize that, the idea of going, carrying the gospel, like going to North Korea, that's no big deal. God's already been there. No, God takes time to visit. When you think about it in the Old Testament, you've got to realize how God did first visit man. Of course, he was in the garden with Adam and Eve, but when Adam and Eve sinned, what happened? Who came in the garden? Think about that verse there when it said God came in the garden. How does that verse go? Have you ever thought about it? It said, the voice... Of the Lord came what? Walking in the garden. That's not just being poetic. Why was it the voice of the Lord come walking in the garden? See after Adam and Eve had sinned, there's already a separation from God and it's just the voice that could go through the garden. it was like a voice coming throughout the garden. Now when God was saying, Adam, where art thou? Now when God asks questions, it don't mean he's dumb. Right? When God's asking questions, who are they for? They're for us. See, we don't like God's questions. If you want to test a person's spirituality, see how they respond to questions. And you'll find out real quick how spiritual they are. They'll either snap at you, bark at you, or they'll say, hey, that's a good question. I should consider why that was being asked. Adam, where art thou? God knew where Adam was. Oh, he's over there hiding behind that tree. Why is Adam hiding? Adam, where art thou? God knew. God knew exactly where Adam was. We got to realize when God asked a question, asked for us to look, stop and look at ourselves. When he looked at Peter, Peter, Simon, Peter, lovest thou me? Why did he ask Peter three times? God knew what he was doing. He knew what Peter needed to hear. God knows what you need to hear. He knows what I need to hear. When questions are asked, we have a, a very solemn duty to reply. We've got to answer when God calls. What's wrong in America today, people don't want to answer. People want to sit silently with a smile on their face like they're innocent. Oh God, you didn't see me. You don't know me. (laughs) Like we can hide from God? People's going to try to hide. People's going to try to bury their sin. God will let a person do that. But God's always going to say, where art thou? Where art thou? And it's your and our responsibility to reply to that. If we don't reply, God will leave you right where you're at. And you'll not leave that spot in your life until you answer and come out. For the church to have revival, it's going to be Christians realizing, hey, I've got to repent. I've got to come back to the Lord. That's the problem in America. People have got so comfortable with sin, they see no need to repent of their lives. And repentance, whether we like it or not, is a Bible doctrine. If a man or woman will not repent, God will live them in their misery and let their sin judge them day by day. All right, so God did visit. God took time to visit Adam and Eve in the garden. Adam, where art thou? God knew where they were at, but they had to reply. A lot of people say, why? You know, the Chinese were asked, well, why didn't God just kill Adam? Because God said, the day you eat, you'll surely die. Well, Adam responded. When God started calling, Adam, where art thou? Well, I'm over here. I'm hiding. Why are you hiding? Because I'm naked. Who told you he was naked? He answered each question right. If you'll go back and look at it, sometimes we say that he was making excuses. No, he answered each question correctly. If he had not answered each question that God asked, God would have killed him. If you don't answer when God calls, God's going to judge you. A lot of times what happens in people's lives is they will not respond to what God is doing and God has to step in. It's not that the devil got you. It's going to be God himself gets you. God got Israel. It wasn't the Philistines. God did. God put them in captivity. God himself did it. He said, I'm going to send the sword after you. God's going to send the sword after America. If America don't repent of its ways, the sword's coming. You better get that, folks. The sword is coming. Go read the first couple chapters of Psalms and he'll tell you what that sword's for. It's a hand of judgment. It's coming. America will repent or will be judged. God takes time to visit. God visited Noah. Noah, build me an ark. Watch that. It's going to rain. Watch that. Don't worry. Build me an ark. Okay. You're not ever going to understand what God's going to do. He's not going to tell you everything. He's going to tell you to do something. He wants you to do it and not question it. How many times do you want to question God? You won't win. You think about what Noah had to do when God visited Noah. Noah, go build me an ark. There's no loaves lumber out there. There's no, what do you call that, yellow treated wood? What's that? uh, You go to the lumber store, that yellow, like old yellow or whatever. Where'd he get his lumber from? Cutting trees down. Did he have a power saw? Did he have a sawmill? I bet them boys have some arms on them. Could you imagine God telling even Americans, go build me Well, Lord, you know, you got to have specifications. you got to pass OSHA and you got to do this. By the time we went through all the laws, you know, we'd all be flooded by then. God takes time to visit, and when he visits, the message is going to be clear. Where art thou? Or the message is going to be something you understand, but you won't understand why. Build an ark? Well, understand that. Well, I just got to go do it. Go over here and build an ark. I put all the animals in it. It's going to rain. Well, what's rain? Don't worry. Just build an ark. The animals will come. They started coming. No I was looking, what in the world is that? I've never seen one of them before. So I said, don't worry. He's got to get on the ark. Well, get on the ark. Can you imagine... Him seeing the, the first giraffe come walking through. You've probably never seen a giraffe before. My, you made that, Lord? What's the funniest animal you think? Soft. I think a hand eater. Penguin. You got a penguin coming up. Lord, where'd that come from? As all them animals got on the ark, Noah's going, my lands. God, I didn't know you made all this. That was a walk in science there. things got on the ark. God takes time to visit. And a lot of time is so clear before us, we miss it. Noah just built me an ark. Don't worry about the why. Build an ark. Don't worry about what rain is. You'll see very soon what rain is. I guarantee when it started raining, Noah, why did I ever ask, Lord? Why did I ever ask what's rain? I now know what it is. Sometimes you don't need to know what it is. Let that sink in. Sometimes you don't need to know what it is. If you knew what it is, it would scare you half the time and you wouldn't want to do what God wanted you to do. God was right in not telling them what rain was. God takes time to visit. He took time to visit Abraham. He took time to visit Moses. He took time... God takes time to visit. And that's because God is ready to do something. He knows what needs to be done at that time. When God visits, it's time for the believers to stand up and be ready. And I'm thankful that Noah just did what he's supposed to do. I'm thankful that Abraham did what he was supposed to do. Moses, look at all these different people. You know, they did what they're supposed to do. You know what? God will visit you. It might not be sending you to China. It might not be sending you to North Korea. But God will visit you, and when he does, he'll have something for you to do. It's whether or not you will listen to what God would have you to do. And if you will... Hey, this area can change. This church can change. Your family lives next to you. Can change. There can be changes everywhere around you. If we are here when God visits, letter I. Look at Hebrews eleven. So letter V will be God takes time to be visit. The letter I. Look at Hebrews eleven verse six. Hebrews eleven verse six. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, I said without faith it's impossible, you know, to please him. You know, you've got to have faith in your life. When God tells you to do something, you just gotta have faith, he knows what he's doing. Right? It didn't make sense to me. Why do you want me to go to China? I'm six foot six. You ain't gonna hide me in China. I'm not educated, I'm an army sergeant. What am I gonna do? Hey, you speak English now. I can't bark at him do that. I was not an English teacher, but did God know what he was doing? Most certainly. I never would have dreamed he would have sent me to Beijing to meet the premier of China. I never would have dreamed I would meet various vice presidents and government leaders in Beijing government. I never would have dreamed that. All I had to do was have faith. See, without faith, it is impossible to please him. You know, when you have faith, God will work in your life. And whether it's here or there, it doesn't matter what. It's just God wants you to have a level of faith that you respond when things look impossible. Hey, right now, we think it's impossible for America to have revival. That's wrong thinking. America can have revival. Maine can have revival. Alabama can have revival. Every state can have revival. If we really want revival, we can have it. But you know what? People won't turn the iPad off. People won't turn the cell phone off. People won't turn the TV off. We'll get excited about football. Did you see that touchdown? Did you see that slam dunk? Did you see that home run? We get excited about the wrong things. When's the last time you got excited about God. This last time something welled up in you you wanted to say a hearty amen? When's the last time something happened inside your heart? that's not just something stimulating in your mind because of bright lights and loud noises that come from bands and yahoos on the football field. If you're only controlled by what you see and what you hear, I feel sorry for you. You're pitiful. If your life is centered around an iPad or a game, and that's where your excitement comes, you've missed life. You're not living life. You're being controlled. Your mind is being wasted away while you could be learning something that's more useful in life. It's up to you to realize life's more than a game. You know what the devil wants you to realize? Life's nothing but a game. It's nothing but a 30-minute game. Then you go to the next level, and it's another 30-minute game. And then you go to the next level, and it's another 30-minute game. And then you go to the next level because it's ding, 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 ding. And you've arrived, and it's another game. And you keep graduating and graduating, and, oh, look at me. Life's one big game. Is that happening in America today? You know how many pastors I talk with and that's the life of many of the church members is game after game after game after game. That's my life. My life. Game. And then they wonder why they have no joy in their life. No happiness in their life. And their life is stuck in a rut. They won't open their Bible and read. Is that not true, Pastor? That's happening in America. Parents, limit what your children see. It's very important. See, if you're going to please God, you've got to realize, hey, without faith, you've got to have faith in that God get in your life. Give you a vision for something that's important. When you have a vision for something that's important, everything changes. But without that vision, God can't visit God's not going to visit you if you're too busy playing all the time. God will leave you in that game fantasy world. A lot of people live in a fantasy world. They can't see reality because they live a fantasy. And that person's life will become impossible because they're locked into some kind of fantasy world. Now, in Luke 18, it says he said, things which are impossible with men are possible with God. I think it's possible for me to go to North Korea people say, Eddie, you crazy. Who in the right mind would want to go to North Korea? I guess I don't have a right mind. But you see, I'll go in the power of faith. I'm not going in my mind. I'm not going in my own heart. If God opens the door, see, the only one that can open that door is going to be God. And if God opens that door, then I'm to walk through it. Now, what's on the other side of that door is not for me to be concerned. It's just like I didn't know what's on the other side of that door when I first went through China's door. I didn't know what was on the other side of that door when I walked in my first prison in that first jail that I preached in. We always want to worry what's on the other side of the door. That's God's business. That's not my business. I'm just to be ready to go. So God will give a church a vision. He will give His people a vision he will visit. He will show you what's impossible and what the things with him are possible. And if we'll realize, no matter what it is, without faith it's impossible. We just got to have the faith. And if God opens the door to North Korea, I pray you'll have the faith to st- still continue to pray for us. Don't say, "Well, that guy from Alabama, how dumb is he? He went to North Korea." You know, I know you wouldn't. But I turn to Titus two, letter S. Titus 2 verse 10, not prolonging but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. The letter S is going to be Savior, so the letter V is going to be visit, the letter I impossible, the letter S for Savior. It says, you know, adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. Now prolonging, a lot of people don't know what that means, is to take or carry away something for oneself or to steal. And a lot of people always want to make something about them. It's always about me. It's always about what makes me happy. Uh, fidelity, and you look at America today. Is that not where America is today? It's all about me, right? All about me. And so you're not supposed to be prolonging. Fidelity is faithfulness to a person, faithfulness to a cause, faithfulness to believe. belief. You know, faithfulness, you know, the fidelity in the average home, in the average church, and everything. Where's fidelity today? It's out the window. You know, people are not faithful anymore. Uh, but it says, adorn, adorn the doctrine of God. And what does it mean to adorn the doctrine of God? Ladies, do you adorn yourself? You make yourself pleasant, right? We're to adorn the doctrine of God. How do you adorn the doctrine of God? That's where we've got to work at some things. We've got to make the doctrine of God presentable, receivable, acceptable. And we do that, you know, the the community can respond to it. But, you know, it says, Not but showing all good for that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. You know, for the Savior to be received, we've got to do certain things to present it the right way. So when we teach basic doctrines, we teach, you know, the story of Christmas, we teach the creation, we've got to present it in a way that the world can receive it. Now, everybody can receive something the same way because there's different levels of education among our masses today. Some people have never seen the book of Genesis. They've never read it. If you present the creation story to some people, you've got to break it down to a very basic point. So we've got to learn how to adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. And when we do that, things are what happen. Not only that, but look at Titus 2.13. It says, Looking for the blessed, hope, and glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ... No, we've got to be looking for that blessed hope. We've got to be looking for that glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, let me ask you a question. Could the Lord Jesus come back tonight? Now, would it catch you by surprise, or was he looking for it? Could he come back in the morning? Or was he looking for it, or did it catch you by surprise? See, I wonder how many churches are actually looking for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We used to realize it could happen at any time. But now, well, he ain't come now. Maybe he ain't gonna ever come. He's in the war's done got too bad. I think he's gonna just leave us here too long, and I'm just gonna have to suffer through some things. And that ain't looking, Lord. That ain't looking, folks. That you're looking for the wrong thing, looking for the wrong reason. We gotta be looking, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing uh, of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. See, when you're looking for something, that means you're looking for it for anticipation. you got you anticipating something. You realize something is missing. And you realize the world needs something. When you're looking for Him to come, you know what? It's like, well, now my neighbor's over there, and he ain't going to church. You know, my co-worker over there, he's living a life, and I know he ain't saved. See, that's looking. Or you can be sitting at home and, well... Things ain't gonna get no better. See, that's not looking. Even though you know he could be coming, you're not looking. You know, God cares about what you're looking at. God cares what you're busy with. And if we'll get busy with the right things, then you know what? God might visit America. He said, right, you know, America, y'all looking. Y'all realize things are possible. Maybe y'all do need a second chance. Maybe y'all do need another great awakening. Maybe I can make a home here again. That can happen. But it's going to begin with us looking. And if we start looking for that Savior in all things, not some things, all things, then God will do something. Look at 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, the letter I. So visit, the first letter, second letter I was impossible. S yes, Savior. Now another I, 1 Thessalonians 2.8. 1 Thessalonians 2.8. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. Imparted. You know what? It's easy to give somebody a gospel track, very easy. But you know what? They don't impart who you are. See, look at that verse again carefully. Being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls. Now, how do you impart yourself? See, I think that's one of the things that's missing in visitations and getting people to come to something or learn something. We say, oh, come to my church, we're having a fellowship. Come to our church, we're having this. Come to our church, we're having that. That's just an open invitation. Hey, come to our church, here's what church has done for me. Come to my church, here's what I learned. Here's what we're learning. Let me show you what we're learning. See, when you impart yourself... You're showing others what God has done for you. When's the last time you showed others what God has done for you? That's imparting yourselves. Also, it'd be like this. Now, ladies, my mom was pretty good at this. Every time someone moved in or something was happening, she'd go in the kitchen and immediately she'd fix a plate or something. It could be brownies, cake, or a little meal or something. She going to knock on the door. Hey, we're Miss Mills. I want you to know we're glad to have you in the neighborhood. Hey, by the way, we go to you know, such and such church over here. Why don't you come be our guest? Now, guys, you know this. If someone brings you a plate of cookies or brownies, invite you somewhere, where are you going to go? you going to follow the brownies. Right, guys? All the guys said what? Amen. Ladies? How many of y'all ladies? I know ladies can cook. Church ladies cook. Can y'all cook? Y'all make up a batch of brownies or cookies or a pumpkin pie or a cake or, or some. Can y'all make southern fried chicken up here? Y'all, you know what southern fried chicken is, and y'all make it? I tell you what, I ain't seen a hungry guy refuse chicken yet. Ladies, you can get people in church just on a, through their stomach, and that's no joke. Guys, you can do the same thing, but not so much cooking. You see your neighbor working on something out there, if you handy hand with your hands, hey guy, what you doing? Need help with that? I, I, I think I can help you with that. You're going to start turning that wrench or turn that screwdriver. Hey, by the way, I go up here to Fellowship Baptist Church. Why don't, you, why don't you be my guest? Pastor's teaching on this series, and man, it's been a blessing to my heart. You know what? People will respond to that. But you know what? Society is taught us to close our doors. Isolate ourselves, sit there alone and talk to ourselves. Folks, get out and meet the world. They need to hear from you. And when you impart yourself, now, folks, if you've got nothing to impart, I'm going to question your salvation. Amen. If you got nothing to impart, if you can't tell why you're saved or tell people to come to church and give a reason why, you've got nothing to impart. You ain't got nothing inside. You need to get that really sinking in. You say, well, I'm just shy. No, not when the light's in you. When the Holy Ghost is in you, no. There's no such thing as being too shy to speak for God. You've got something to impart. God expects you to impart what He's given you. Now, if you're not imparting something, then you ain't got nothing. You need to talk with Pastor and some others, and you need to relook at things about what salvation is, because there should be an excitement in your heart about wanting to tell other people, this is what Jesus done for me. Now, if you ain't got that, then something ain't right. You should want to impart, because God's visited you. If he's visited you and visited your heart and showed you what the need of salvation is, then you should be willing to have that same idea of getting that out to others. Because God expects you to impart that. Look at 1 Corinthians 16, the letter O. The first letter V was to have uh, God visit. The first letter I, things are impossible. Letter S, Savior. Letter I, impart. Now the letter O. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9. 16.9, for a great door an effectually is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Now God opens doors. When God opened the doors to China, that was something God did. I couldn't do that. But once God opened that door, God knew to call people to that door. God's going to always open doors. But you know what? It's whether or not the church will send people through that door. Like this church here, you have a responsibility to get people into this church so they can be, grow up in, the, in the, uh, learning the scriptures so that they can be sent out. Some of these young people that I saw this morning, a bunch of young people, who knows what God's going to do with them later. Be faithful to them. Raise them up. Teach them things. Teach them boys how to be men. Teach them girls how to be ladies. Now, a lot of girls don't even know how to be ladies today. Girls are more manly than some boys. Don't let that happen to your girls. Teach them to be ladylike. And boys, you make sure you learn how to be men. Don't you walk around like no little sissy girl. You walk like men. Girls, you walk like ladies. And ladies, y'all need to help the young people with that. The devil knows that tree, and he's going to try to reverse the roles. All right, now God opens great doors and effectual doors there's always going to be adversaries. When God opens a door, He will not remove the adversaries. That's just a little test for the church or the Christian to see if things are still possible. As we got ready to go to that door of China, I didn't have constant encouragement. I had people say, well, Mr. Mills, you sure you want to go? I mean, you got just five more years and you can stay in the military and retire. Why don't you go five years later? I said, well, God didn't call me five years later. He called me now. If I'd have stayed five more years, I probably would never went to China. And then if I did go to China, I'd have went on my own power because I have my retirement. I have my benefits. I have my... It would be all about me. Now, when God does something, He does it at the right time. You know what, God's going to have a door for this church. God's going to have a door for this church to help in missions. God's going to have a door for you Will you walk through that door? It could be Sunday school teacher. It could be piano player. It could be all kind of different things. God will give you something to do and it would be a door for you. You walk through that door, you know what, later there'll be another door. You walk through that door and there'll be another door. God will keep opening doors for you as long as you walk through them. Now if you stop walking through them, you'll be in the hallway. And the hallway might be nice. It might have some good decorations in there. It might have some good, but you know what? It won't, nowhere be as good as that what's behind that next door. I want to walk through doors that God opens. And I want you to pray that if if God opens a door, no matter what it is, that I would have the courage to walk through it. I pray that I can, once again, if God opens that door to North Korea, I want to go. But it might not be that door, I don't know. Whatever door it is, I want to be able to go through it. God has a great door and effectual. He's got one for this church. He's got one for each family here. He's got one for the pastor. Y'all have a great door here in your community. Make sure you use it. Last letter is letter N. Look at Romans 15, uh, Romans 1. So again, the first letter was V for visit. God takes time to visit His people. And of course, people think some things are impossible. Uh, it's all about the Savior. We've got to impart ourselves. God opens doors. But now Romans 1 verse 5. By whom we receive grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among some nations for His name. Did it say some nations? What does it say? That means North Korea. That means Iraq, Iran. That means, and you name all those other countries in the 1040 window. Why are we doing some nations and not all nations? I was going to ask, remember this morning? I said, you know, it was talking about earlier about Adam. Now God said, Adam, where art thou? You know what the question is today? Church, where art thou? I came and died for everybody. For God so loved the world, He loved the world. Church, where art thou? Christian, where art thou? If you had to answer that question and God called you up to heaven right now and said, where art thou? What answer would you give? Well, I've been working overtime so I can pay for that boat or that gun or that uh, new... Why are you working so much overtime? why ain't you out there getting the gospel out to people who's never heard? Well, you know, I had to... Then you have to look up and God knows what you're saying ain't true. Christian, where art thou? God's going to make you answer that question. Where art thou? And if you don't answer... Judgment will come in one form or another. God will judge America. God will judge the church. God will judge the Christian who's stuck in a place where they won't step out and see what's behind the door. We're going to have to go back to some good old-fashioned religion. What's of them old songs we see? Give us this old-time religion. There's something to that. There's something to that. There's something about that. Onward Christian soldiers marching as to what? War. Back in the day, we Christians, we could go into battle, just in a Christian battle. We weren't afraid. We had men who were men and women who were women. God said, Go to Africa, Livingstone. And Livingstone went to Africa and he mapped out Africa. Hudson Taylor went to China back in the day. (laughs) Onward, Christian soldiers, marching as to war. What will your feet? Where will your feet carry you? I want you to hear that sound. You got any march in your feet? Now I wore the Air Force uniform, learned to march. Got out of the air force, to go to Bible school, I joined the National Guards on the Army side. I wore Air Force and Army, both colors. I Understand marching? Left, 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 right, left, forward, hard. We'll do that for man's army. Will you do it for the cross? Why won't we do it for the cross? Onward Christian soldiers, marching as to war. With what? What's the rest of the cross of Jesus? Folks, the gates of hell can't stop you. Jesus himself done said, the gates of hell can't withstand the church. But we let society lock us in a box. Oh, oh, I can't say anything. Well, the council culture will get me. Oh, (laughs) let them come on. I'll preach to them just as good as I will anybody else. Obedience to the faith among all nations for His name. That means even America. We're fast fallen as a nation, but if we'll rise up and speak, the devil will flee. And we'll be able to go through the next door and the next door. And little by little, we can reclaim what's been lost. If we don't do it, these young boys and girls will grow up in a society that's totally void Of God, and they'll live in a fantasy world that's on their iPad, and they won't be able to distinguish right and wrong. We've got a chance to do something, and we need to do it. By whom we have received grace, an apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations. Now, folks, you've got to have a vision. If you'll have a vision, God will visit, and He'll take the impossible. And make it possible. And God will show you how to adorn the Savior in the right way so people will respond. And God will show you how to impart yourself to others. And as you impart yourself to others, God will open doors. And God will open doors for you to do something now among the nations. Even right here in your own nation. You don't have to just be in China to serve God. I want to tell you, your job's probably harder than my job. Actually, preaching in China is easier than it would be preaching here. They're coming after the church. Me and the pastor talking. I'd never been banned from Facebook just for posting some things about Christ and church and the future and prophetic stuff. I had a very large outreach all over America and other countries. My posts were going out everywhere. I got banned. That ain't just coincidence. He was telling me how many other pastors in churches the same thing? They're controlling what they want them young people to hear. We're not saved to be silent. That was on my Facebook. We're not saved to be silent. We're supposed to be a voice. Impart yourself. Now, As the pastor comes up, you know, tell me about your vision. Do you have a vision? Well, there's no vision The people, what? You've got it yourself. It's not seeing a vision. It's having a thought. You know, having a process. where you have a a purpose in life. You have a purpose to help others hear the gospel. And if you'll do that, God will visit you. And God will show you what's impossible as possible. And he'll show you how to relay the Savior to others in a way that you impart yourself. And then doors are open in your life. And man, it'd be just you know an open door. And you will start seeing the need for the nations to hear the gospel. Now you've already I know you got a strong mission program, but you know what? What would God have you do here? You're saved to serve. You've got to be serving here. And not only saved to serve, but to send the gospel here and there. Tell me about your vision, Pastor.